alive. What's up, y'all? I got to make sure this mic is working. I think it is. If it's not, if I look to be moving my lips and the mic is not working, I'm sure someone will say something. Let's get it going. The conference championships, the Dan Campbell decisions, Patrick Mahomes, just how good is he? And still, giving flowers to Zay Flowers. And then the Super Bowl, we're here. We've reached it. Chiefs 49ers, unfinished business. We're previewing all of that this morning on today's Wake and Take, starting now. Good morning, y'all. Hope you've grabbed some coffee. And that is probably the most hypocritical thing I'm going to say today because I have with me some water. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, Kendall from the YouTube chat. I think this is the YouTube chat. Yes, Sean from the YouTube chat. What's up? Sick Nasty, what's up? Toronto Dave, my boy, what's up? And Jamie, what's up? Good morning. If you're a regular of Wake and Take, you know that Jason Owine usually does the show, but he's on his way to the Senior Bowl, so shout out to him. Safe travels there. He's on his way. He's going to cover the Senior Bowl for Player Profiler. So you're going to have to deal with me for a few minutes this morning if you want to hear some takes for the NFL this weekend. We'll talk through each of the conference championship games. Jason covered the conference championships yesterday when he did the show, but I'm going to give some some takes as well. And uh, I may or may not disagree with at least part of what he covered on, on the show. So you get my perspective as well. But for the next half an hour or so, I'm your boy, Ahan Runta. Sit back and enjoy. Toronto says, big shoes to fill. I know, and I've done the wake and take once before, so I know that uh, you guys come in with some heat in the chat. Drop your takes for this weekend for the NFL. And uh, Jamie says, we all love Jason. You're awesome, too. Jamie, I appreciate you. We're going to get along well. Anthony says, good morning. Anthony is a regular in my uh, in the show that I co-host with Trevor Tipton at FFCU later. Uh, Anthony's a regular Friday evenings on the Pick and Power Hour. So shout out to Anthony. Let's just get right into it. We'll talk uh, about the two games that happened a couple of uh, days ago. And I've come with at least one take from each team that played last weekend. And I want to hear your takes as well. Start with the obvious Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and Jason covered this yesterday. I'm a Patriots fan. You, you see this. Uh, God, which way is my finger pointing? You see this poster right here? That is a 28. Uh, that is a, uh, well, there's two posters. One here is a 28 to 3 comeback poster. And, uh, or this is a 28 to 3 comeback poster. And this one is the Seahawks Super Bowl uh, where Malcolm Butler got the pick at the goal line. So I'll preface this by saying Tom Brady has made me cry tears of joy. Um, the 28-3 Super Bowl is probably the best moment of my life as a sports fan. Uh, and without Tom Brady, I don't think I would love football as much as I do. That being said, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Patrick Mahomes is the best player we've ever seen at quarterback, ever. Um, and this should be not up for debate. And the only way I will come back and say I'm wrong is if Patrick Mahomes, after this, goes on a 10-year streak where he doesn't win another Super Bowl um, or misses the playoffs a couple of times. And that's the only way I'm going to cancel out the legacy that he is building 
He has the second most total EPA generated in the playoffs since 1999, and he's done that in 17 games. Brady's number one in 48 games. Um, Back-to-back daggers in back-to-back weeks by the wide receiver to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Marquez Valdez-Scantling this season ranked number 94 in route win rate, number 92 in contested catch rate, and number 96 in true catch rate among wide receivers. This is a bad player. Um, who has some experience in this league, but he simply does not separate, does not make tough catches, uh, does not win routes. And Patrick Mahomes, with him as his wide receiver too, is in a Super Bowl yet again. Sean says 27-9 SF this weekend and Chiefs are shut out entire, uh, I think you mean second half. Oh, don't worry. We're, we're going to talk about the Chiefs getting shut out in the second half, but I do want to address Patrick Mahomes um, the one this was the first year of his career, so I was a big fan of Mahomes as a prospect. Watched him in college, you know. I used to watch more college football back in the, those days than I do now because now it's just you know, use player profilers, breakout finder, and you get a lot of uh analytics from that, and you get some intel and how prospects are doing. So I used to watch more college football back then. I was a big fan of Patrick Mahomes, didn't think he would be in GOAT territory, but I knew he would be solid. Um, and this was the first season of Patrick Mahomes' career, and I've, I've said this on the podcast that I run with Trevor. This was the first year of Mahomes' career where I said the Kansas City Chiefs might not be all that this year because the run defense was among the worst in the league, and the pass-catching room was always going to be a problem entering the season I was shocked they didn't do anything. You know, I, I was shocked they weren't aggressive with picking up like a DeAndre Hopkins or something. Um, I was shocked that they, you know, they only, you know, took care, you know, drafted Rashi Rice, which Rashi Rice, if you, you all read my player profile content, I loved him entering the draft. He was one of my big values coming into the, uh, coming into, you know, the, the fantasy football season. But I was surprised that they thought Kadarius Tony, um, was a startable player. And when the trade deadline happened and all they did was get Miko Hardman, I was like, the Kansas City Chiefs might be punting this season and they're wasting a great year of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Uh, with Travis Kelsey, you know, coming down to the final years of his career. Hand up, I'll be the first to say, for Patrick Mahomes, that supporting staff simply does not matter because I was wrong. Um, and we've seen it here. Like I said, back-to-back daggers by Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which is just no other quarterback is making the decisions that Patrick Mahomes is making, scrambling when necessary, extending plays, but also finding the semi-open wide receivers every single time. And it brings me to the Baltimore Ravens because the Baltimore defense held their own last weekend. And Patrick Queen and Kyle Hamilton just deserve better than the Baltimore offense. And there's a blame tree that's going around. And obviously, you know, people stay at all starts with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson rightfully going to win his second MVP. The agendas are going to be nasty. This is a top five at worst, you know, most times top three quarterback in the NFL um, that was playing out of his mind all season long. I don't think we appreciate you know, how bad of a supporting cast Nelson Aguilar, current Odell, et cetera, are which again proves that Lamar Jackson is one of the best, but Patrick Mahomes is the best ever. And half of the defense that the Chiefs played this Sunday was Patrick Mahomes. And it sounds like I'm, I'm you know, overhyping this, but I'm not. 
the Baltimore Ravens barely ran the ball, and their identity is to run the ball. I figured, you know, I'm a betting man myself. I figured Steve Spagnuolo would try to take Lamar Jackson's running game out of the picture. I bet his under on rushing yards in that hit. But I'm just saying, Gus Edwards, one carry for 15 yards in the first half. And this is not me. You know, I'm an analytics-driven person, as many of our here at Player Profiler are. But I'm an analytics-driven person, and I'm not one to say you should run the ball on first downs. I'm not the one feeding for that, right? I'm, I'm always a pass first. Like, this is a passing league. But this was eccentric. This was going away from what works for you just because you are hunting. You are so thirsty for the big play because you're playing against Patrick Mahomes and you're not playing against the Kansas City defense. The Kansas City defense, among the league's worst against the run this year, and I don't care who your pass-catching room here is. You cannot have one carry with your starting running back the first half um, against a terrible run defense. You just can't do that. And the way they were, the reason they were doing that is because they were hunting the 20-yard plays through the air instead of taking their 10-yard plays on the ground when it was necessary, right? And I don't mean run the ball every first down. I really don't. I mean... Don't play as if you're down 25 in the second quarter because it looked bad. And more on the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Andrews approaches his 30s, and Zay Flowers is the only real separator on this team besides him. Here's a take. Baltimore drafts a wide receiver with pick number 30 this uh, this draft, preferably an athlete who can stretch the field deep. And I think Baltimore drafts Troy Franklin in the first round. So there's a take for you. What do you think the Ravens should do with their first round draft pick? Let's take a look at some chat. People arguing about Patrick Mahomes. Don't worry. I've gone through all the all the all the Patrick Mahomes uh, you know agendas this this weekend because I simply do not see how people you know watch Patrick Mahomes play and or see the numbers and don't understand that this is the most efficient quarterback ever in terms of just what a quarterback needs to do, regardless of who is catching passes for him. Sean already with some takes about the Super Bowl. He says, I think the first half will end 21-0 SF. Chiefs only get a couple field goals in the second half. So Sean thinks the 49ers are getting their unfinished business revenge right back. Um, in a big way. Anthony says different eras can't compare Mahomes and Marino, just like Montana Brady. I think to some extent with advanced stats you can, and the advanced stats show that Mahomes is better, but that's for another day maybe. Bill's defense was garbage, or Bill's beat Kansas City last week. I mean, the Bills were one of the top defenses in the NFL. I mean, this, this is exactly what I mean about downplaying everything that Patrick Mahomes does. Bill's defense were one of the best uh, against the run and one of the best against the pass all season long. Missing Matt Milano did hurt, uh, and it wasn't ideal. But um, yeah. Patrick Mahomes makes everybody, every defense look look garbage for a while. Um, don't wager the house, dude. Yeah, I, I wouldn't wager the, the house on SF, uh, you know, being up 21-0, but we will talk about that. Anthony brings up a point about Todd Monk and the Ravens offensive coordinator. Uh, Monk and offensive play calls were off all game. And I would agree. And I think this is, again, going back to they made this a mental game with trying to catch up with Patrick Mahomes when they were down one possession. 
um, and the unforced mistakes like the Zay Flowers uh, fumble, it's all mental. And it's, you know, football is a mental game when it comes to the playoffs. You do everything you did during the regular season to get you to the playoffs, and you keep all the mental noise out. And mental noise is going to come into play when I, I talk about the other game in a few minutes. Toronto Dade says I love Troy Franklin. I like Troy Franklin, too. Next up, the Detroit Lions. And if you saw the thumbnail for this podcast, uh, you know what I'm about to talk about. Dan Campbell. I hyped up uh, this episode on Twitter, and uh, I captioned it. The best performances by an NFL tight end this weekend. Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson, and Dan Campbell. I'll say this right now. Dan Campbell is awesome. He deserves respect for everything he's done with this team. You know, in the clubhouse, saying all the right things on and off the field. People thought he was crazy when he was talking about biting kneecaps of all that and all that. You know, I'm not one to look at a press conference or look at what someone says in an interview and make a decision about an NFL coach because all of that stuff means nothing. I don't care what you say. I don't, I mean, I'm a, I'm a team of fan that was coached by Bill Belichick for crying out loud. I don't care what you say off the field. I care about what you do on the field, what you show with your actions. And Dan Campbell showed with his actions that he's built to be an NFL head coach. Let's talk about the decisions, quote unquote. And there may be some of you in here who agree with what he did. There may be some of you who don't agree with his decision making. Let's talk through each one that played a pivotal role in the second half. First one. The Detroit Lions up 24 to 10. And you need to, you, you know, th- this is all. I saw messages after, you know, the Lions failed to convert on fourth downs. I saw texts on my phone after the attempts failed, being like, what are you doing? Take the points. Send the message before the, the play happens. Here's an idea. Because that's what Dan Campbell had to do, is make the make the decisions before they happen. Seven minutes left in the third quarter. Detroit up 24 to 10. It's a fourth and two at the SF 28. It's a fourth and two at the SF 28. Okay? We process the math of that, right? You don't need to be an analytics, you know, an analytics head to understand this. This this is, I'm gonna break it down as as in layman's terms as possible, right? The Lions offense up till this point was walking all over the 49ers. So that, that's where we are right now with Detroit up 24 to 10 with seven minutes left in the third quarter. All season long, the reason the Detroit Lions are in the playoffs is not because that Detroit defense is awesome, because it wasn't. Detroit's defense was one of the worst in the NFL against the pass this year. And oh, by the way, they're in this case, they are facing a super team of a passing attack, even with Brock Purdy, you know, kind of inconsistent in these playoffs. This that's a super team over there. So Detroit getting a stop is is an assumption by itself. But here's the situation: they're at the SF28, and uh, they the Lions have been the most aggressive team on fourth down this season. No team has a higher share of their series converted on fourth down. The reason they were able to go on fourth downs and be in the playoffs is because they are great at converting fourth downs. You have the same team you did four weeks ago and 10 weeks ago and in preseason. This is the same offense. Everybody's healthy. The same offense that was one of the best, that was the best um, in the NFL at converting fourth downs consistently. And you have a fourth and two. 
okay, so what's the decision here? Do you take three points or do you take two yards? Do you take a, a small chance to go two yards and try to keep San Francisco off the field? Okay, so that by itself is an easy decision. You go for it. Um, I'm already seeing comments in the chat. Like, let, 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 me, let, me, let me finish this. Let me finish this, okay? You hear me out. Okay, so that by itself is a is a call that you either, you know, quote unquote, take the points on what would be a 40-ish yarder, or you keep San Francisco off the field. And if you keep San Francisco off the field and keep nurturing clock of 24-10, you could go another few minutes with just a bit of time left in the third quarter. And they, they could have taken the field goal later as well if they got into something dicey at the goal line, right? You go into the, uh, you go into, you know, the few minutes left in the third quarter, up twenty-seven to ten, or potentially score a touchdown, up thirty-one to ten. So you're telling me, if the if Detroit was up thirty-one to ten entering the fourth quarter, you're telling me that's an opportunity you pass up, thirty-one to ten. Here's here here here's a spoiler spoiler alert for you. San Francisco's probably not coming back down 31 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Newsflash. Okay. Next, you you see what actually happened on that fourth down. You want to blame the play call. That's fine. But the play call resulted in Josh Reynolds being wide open, Jared Goff throwing to a wide open receiver, which would have picked up the first down. Josh Reynolds dropped the ball. Is that on Dan Campbell? No. Next decision. Detroit up 24 to 17. Not a decision. Jameer Gibbs, quote-unquote, great first-round pick, by the way. Jameer Gibbs fumbles. And Jameer Gibbs, great player. He's going to be great in this league for a long time. Second-best rookie of his uh, rookie running back of his class. Um, he's going to have huge moments. He's going to be a pro bowler. And that was just a young guy making a mistake in the moment, which we saw with Zay Flowers earlier in the day. And you, you have to feel bad for him. Uh, obviously, you know, he knows that ball security is the number one Priority there, but Detroit's up 24 to 17 and Jameer Gibbs fumbles, not on Dan Campbell. Now the San Francisco offense is rolling. They've seen some momentum. They they are they're just cooking. And they are looking like the super team that we thought they were. Why? Because they're facing a Detroit Lions defense that has all season long been terrible against the pass. And I I can't emphasize this enough. I made so much money this season just betting on offenses against the Detroit Lions. Nick Mullins threw for 400 yards against these gentlemen. That that That's really where the argument should end for how bad Detroit's pass defense has been all season long. So San Francisco's up 27 to 24 at this point, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's fourth and three at the San Francisco 30. And for the first time on today's show, I'm bringing up the kicker. You know that if you take the points, you actually have to kick the field goal. This It's not like it's not like uh, in baseball nowadays, you say, you know, ball four, intentional walk, take your base. It's not how it works. If you take the points, that means a kicker has to come out to the field and make a field goal. Fourth and 30 at the SF30, that's around a 43-yard field goal. Michael Badgley, who's been with the Detroit Lions about six or seven weeks, who has missed multiple extra points this season, and actually – uh, 30 yard line would be a 47 yard field goal. So you're saying Dan Campbell should take the points and take his 47 yard field goal. Let's say Michael Badgley has a hundred percent chance of making that, which is just completely inaccurate. 
If he misses that, that's essentially giving San Francisco the game, right? So that you're at, you know, the, the the casuals are asking Dan Campbell to send their kicker out there and potentially give San Francisco the game by missing a 47-yard field goal. But let's ignore all that. Let's give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that Michael Bagley is a guarantee to kick a 47-yard field goal. Okay, so now San Francisco, Detroit, you know, San Francisco was up 27 to 24. The game is tied. With seven minutes left in the fourth quarter with the game tied, you're telling Dan Campbell, go give that San Francisco offense the ball back. They have seven minutes to construct a drive. They have looked unstoppable in the second half. But no, take your points and go get a stop. Do you hear how ridiculous that sounds against a Detroit defense that was bottom five from week one to the end of the regular season uh, against the pass? A, a defense that was allowing a score every single possession in the second half. Do you hear how ridiculous that sounds? The play call here was possibly poor with a deep shot to Amonra St. Brown, semi-deep really, and even then, it's just great defense. You got to credit the 49ers there. The play call was maybe questionable on fourth and three, not the decision. Dan Campbell is good, and I hope he never changes. That's my take. Let's catch up on chat because I got a little engrossed in that. Anthony says Campbell's awesome, but he made a few bad calls and cost him a shot. I think the bad decisions were on Ben Johnson. If if any, fourth and three, let's let's get something going to Sam Laporta. Let's get a short route to Amon Rasane Brown, something that has been working all season long on fourth and short. A screen to Jameer Gibbs. San Francisco has struggled against RB checkdowns all season long. Something like that. Maybe not, uh, you know, a deep shot down the middle to Amon Rasane Brown. Ben Johnson maybe choked there, not Dan Campbell. The run at the goal line where they burned the timeout was unforgivable. Oh, 100%. 100%. I agree with that. It's maybe the only bad decision that was made all, all night long. How good your kicker? What if you miss? Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you. And then he said, 31-10 going into the fourth. You win, but 27-10 halfway through the third. Post pressure on court party is good, too. You can go up by more than two scores. Then you kick the field goal. I just explained why you don't, because taking the points is not free. Sean says, true, but he doesn't need to be great for them to win. Mahomes, oh, this is about Mahomes. Jason Owen in the chat. I did not have my soundboard ready. It's too late. I ruined the moment. Jason, hope you've arrived safely at the Senior Bowl. Good luck covering the Senior Bowl. Thanks for letting me, uh, you know, crash your show this morning. Uh, Rodriguez already picked up Purdy in plus territory, puts the pressure on offense. If my aunt had ball, she'd be my uncle. I don't know what this is about, but maybe it's about Michael Batchley. I should have been paying attention. Jason says they should have gone for it and a first half. Uh, probably, yes. Yes, Jason. Anyway, my takeaway is Dan Campbell is good. I hope he never changes. Um, you know, I saw the comparisons to Brandon Staley. Um, this is, I mean... <laughs> People make comparisons so quickly based off one game. It's getting ridiculous. Uh, as the great DeMarcus Cousins once said, it's getting ridiculous. 49ers, last team on the Sunday slate. Um, take right off the bat, Brandon Ayuk has been a top 10 wide receiver for a few years now. And 
This may sound reactionary, but it's just me taking my little victory lap. I've been saying it on player profiler shows for over a year now. Brandon Ayuk is a superstar. Um, and it's not because of the crazy semi-lucky play that he made turning the interception into a touchdown. It's not because of that. It's because of what he's been doing his entire career. Rookie year, there was some flack that he doesn't put effort into run blocking. He was number one uh, in run blocking grade by PFF for whatever that's worth uh, this season. But that's not what we're here to talk about. This season, you go to his player profiler page. He was number nine among all wide receivers in true catch rate at a 96%. He was number 19 in contested catch rate at a 53%. He was number 32 in route uh, win rate, tar- uh, number 21 in target rate versus man. And on top of all of that, number 18 in yards after catch. This is one of the best route runners in the league. Uh, this is someone that I... I, the, if the 49ers were going to lose that game, it's because they weren't getting him involved enough in the first half. They realized that they needed to get some big plays, so they got him going in the second half. Brandon, I, If Brandon Ayuk doesn't have a big first half in the Super Bowl, the 49ers are going to lose this game, just straight up. And uh, we're going to talk about how the 49ers and the Chiefs match up in a bit. Um, but I want to use that to transition into Brock Purdy. Uh Brock Purdy, in back-to-back weeks, his first experience at the playoffs, the good, he has guts, right? Both games have been stressful situations. He seems to be, a like, temperament-wise, a Hall of Fame temperament guy. Uh, and you saw George Kittle say to him at halftime, keep being you, you're great. And Brock Purdy just remained quiet. And George Kittle said, I'm going to tell people after the game they had us in the first half, which was awesome to see. Uh, but Brock Purdy has guts, which is the good. Um, the bad guts alone is not going to cut it against the Chiefs defense. They're red hot. If uh, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Steve Spagnolo needs to get as much praise as Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey do. Purdy has three turnover-worthy plays in his two playoff games, and that's despite facing first a Packers defense that's been inconsistent all season long, has been giving up a lot of easy plays down the middle with Joe Barry, a defensive coordinator, who's now gone. And the second game against the Detroit defense, like I said, who has been one of the worst against the pass all season long. Purdy has three turnover-worthy plays in his two playoff games. And Kansas City, they can't defend the run, right? Circling back to what I said at the top of the show, they can't defend the run. My guess is that Kansas City will look to stack the box against Christian McCaffrey and turn Brock Purdy into a thrower because they have uh, they have the better cornerbacks in this game. And it's weird to say that the 49ers' defense is lacking some edge on the Chiefs, but where they do, it's the secondary because the San Francisco secondary is just not good. And the Kansas City secondary is and playing at a very, very high level right now. So I think Kansas City is going to turn Brock Purdy into a thrower because they cannot stop CMC unless they stack against him. And Chris Jones is a playmaker. He's made plays, big-time plays, every single year in the playoffs, among the best in pass rush win rate as an individual defender. Purdy will not get away with mistakes this time. If San Francisco is to lose this game, the route is Purdy having a turnover-worthy play or two, and it's not getting Brandon Ayuk involved. They have to find a way early and often to scheme Brandon Ayuk uh, some some uh, some production, and that'll open up the field for George Kittle and Debo Samuel in short down situations. They've got 
to take their shots first down with Brandon Ayuk, and that that's just that's just a fact. Because Brandon Ayuk is the best player um, that the 49ers have that will get some one-on-one matchups, right? Because Christian McCaffrey is going to get most of the defensive attention. Um, Red Eye Jedi says, is the entire screen just ifs and buts? I do not understand the question. If you would like to elaborate, be my guest. Uh, This is a a take show, and I'm giving takes about the weekend. Um, I... I would assume to review a game that happened last weekend, um, you would like an analysis of what would happen um, if something happened, right? Um, Scorpion says, if the Lions Packers can give S of a game, what do you think Mahomes can do? And it seems like this chat is split about how the Super Bowl is going to go. Anthony says, I don't see how Kansas City has enough offense. And uh, this was me. You know, again, raise my hand. I take my blame. This was me four weeks ago. I don't see how Kansas City will have enough offense to win several playoff games in a row. That's not me anymore um, because I think the Kansas City Chiefs have a good enough offense. If the Kansas City Chiefs have a good enough offense to score 17 and a half against the Baltimore Ravens, if the Kansas City Chiefs have enough of an offense to win a semi-shootout against the Buffalo Bills, lead two-minute drives, uh, in the clutch multiple times against the Buffalo Bills, they do have enough offense to do enough against a San Francisco secondary that has actually been quite bad this season. Charverius Ward gets a lot of praise for his interceptions. He's had some big games. He's held some top receivers uh, to minimalistic games. But the, the fact of the matter is Ward has been inconsistent this year. Uh, he has been given up a lot of big plays, and the rest of the secondary just isn't good. Um, every week over the last about 10 weeks, I have had at least one bet on a, a receiver on the other team, that on the, on the team that San Francisco faces uh, because of the secondary. Charverius Ward himself, number 82 in target rate allowed, number 54 in yards per target allowed, number uh number 28 in man coverage success rate number 40 in catch rate allowed this is not some superstar this is this is Jarvarius Ward showing that he is still an undrafted player and he's not one of the best cornerbacks in the league and this should not be a hot take anymore Jarvarius Ward is a good player not a phenomenal player um and it's this it's a, a compromised secondary the secondary being the weakest part of the San Francisco team that team is going to have to face the best quarterback to ever do it. And we should have learned over the last couple of weeks that Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice might just be enough. So I do see how Kansas City uh, would have enough offense for this game because they've had enough offense so far. So you talk about the other side, and, and okay, if we think that Mahomes is going to have his way, if we think Mahomes is going to keep cooking against the San Francisco secondary. So you're telling me that San Francisco would need to win a shootout. And this is where I think it could get dicey. I think the way if San Francisco wins this game, it'll be in a low scoring affair because this Chiefs defense is hot. And I want to get right into some takes, some matchups in this game because the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers slightly different defenses. Chiefs number five in the NFL in man coverage rate this season. They play a lot of man. They play it with their great cornerbacks. Last year in the Super Bowl, we saw how Kansas City won the game 
was Randos scoring touchdowns and Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore and Nick Bolton making a huge play. Who is it going to be this time? Someone on defense is going to make a huge play. Brock Purdy has been equally good against man coverage, zone coverage. Brock Purdy has been quite good against pressure, even though he's not been showing it the last couple of weeks. Brock Purdy just has to reset three turnover-worthy plays in two playoff games. Ignore the noise. It doesn't matter how you got here. You're here. This is your chance to add a Super Bowl loss onto Patrick Mahomes' column. And the way you do that is don't turn the ball over. Because I agree with people in chat that everybody else that Kansas City has faced, the Baltimore Ravens, with Nelson Aguilar and Odell Beckham running the show, the Buffalo Bills with semi wash Stephon Diggs and Khalil Shakir running the show, the Miami Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback, none of those are San Francisco. This is the best offense that Kansas City is going to face all season long. Uh, so it sounds to me that if you think this is going to be, uh, you, you know, a shootout, someone is going to have to step up and make some plays for both teams. And I have my offensive X factor for both teams. For the uh, 49ers, I'm just going to plan, you know, I'm not a big narrative guy, but the NFL is very narrative driven. I'll just get this out of the way. Kyle Juszczyk is scoring a touchdown in this game. And it's not because of Taylor Swift and Christian Juszczyk's friendship. It's not because this is going to be one of the most viewed Super Bowls of the modern era because of the crowd that Taylor Swift is drawing. It's not just because of that narrative. But it's because Kansas, uh, it's because Kansas City is going to turn San Francisco into a team that has to be creative in the red zone. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, and this, this is why, you know, being a betting man does help with games, you know, with the big games is Christian McCaffrey has scored in damn near every single game this season. Uh, he has been a minus 300 to minus 400 favorite to score a touchdown every single week. And for those who want uh, me to do the math for them, that is around a 60 to 70% chance every week of scoring a touchdown. This season, uh, this week, uh, Christian McCaffrey is at minus two hundred, um, which is a, or which is a sixty-six point seven percent. Christian McCaffrey opens up as a minus two hundred to score a touchdown, which uh, the entire world and their mother and grandmother are probably going to bet Christian McCaffrey. I'm not saying McCaffrey doesn't score in this game, but the fact that the books think that this will be one of the toughest games of the season for Christian McCaffrey to score a touchdown. I'm going to use Sean's comment to transition any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, Kyle Juszczyk um, is going to be used in the red zone at least once. And whether it be one where he finds Pater or not, that'll be the question. Kyle Juszczyk, though, needs to be an X-factor in this game at the goal line. Whether it be you know just him being involved in the packages with blocking or actually carrying the ball once himself. There's going to be something weird happening for San Francisco at the goal line because Kansas City will force it into happening. That's my take for the San Francisco side. For the Kansas City side, the 49ers, like I said, rank number 13 in zone coverage rate. Obviously, most people, most teams play more zone than they do man. Every team is around the 70% mark, a 70 to 75% mark. But the 49ers overwhelmingly have played a lot of zone, partly because a lot of their cornerbacks just can't get, keep up in man. 
this will be an interesting game because they're facing a receiving core that outside of Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice is terrible, which is also why I think this game stays semi-low scoring after we saw the shootout last year. I think this game goes under the 47.5 Vegas total. It's my personal opinion. Um, Travis Kelsey, if Travis Kelsey doesn't draw double teams in the first half, the 49ers are simply just going to lose this game. And Kyle Shanahan knows this. Travis Kelsey will draw double teams. Rashid Rice will get a lot of one-on-ones, but one other player has to step up. At least at least one other player has to step up for Kansas City. Last year against the Eagles, it was Kadarius Toney scoring a touchdown and Sky Moore scoring a touchdown late. And this year, the Kansas City Chiefs have been scrambling for answers. Sky Moore was not good early in the season. Then he gets hurt. Okay, Kadarius Toney has just never been really that good. And I'm sorry if you were an, you're an OG Kadarius Toney scan, uh, fan, I'm sorry, he's never been that guy. Who is going to step up against this zone-heavy team? Will it be Noah Gray? Will it be Miko Hardman? Probably not, because as you saw last weekend after the two fumbles two weeks ago, last weekend Miko Hardman got one offensive snap. And who got a red zone touch instead of Miko Hardman last weekend? It was a guy who plays a lot in the slot, a guy who is not great in man, but who is a killer against zone, who has had a huge target share against zone this season. Richie James, Giants fans, we're calling you back. Richie James is scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and that's my take for the Kansas City side. I do not recommend nuking a parlay of Richie James scoring a touchdown and Kyle Juszczyk, but I'm not going to say that I'm not, you know, I'm not going to deny that I, I am playing that, and that's my take. Back to chat. Uh, Scrap Scrap Iron says SF had trouble at home the last two weeks. Casey has won on the road last two weeks. John says any given Sunday. If it wasn't for CMC, I would bet the house on KC. Uh, do I need to scroll back uh, to to this comment for that? Red Eye Jedi is not very happy today. It's okay. Uh, Anthony says one of the SF linebackers will have to make a play to swing the game. I agree. Fred Warner is an absolute stud, by the way. I mean, just what he was doing, the little things he was doing all game long. I mean, this guy is just a superstar. Such a pleasure to watch as a football fan. Sky gets his annual tutty, uh, says Sean. I do need to check the latest injury report because I'm, I'm not sure what the uh, what the report is. I think Sky Moore is still on the IR. Uh, yes, yeah, Skymore was ruled out of the championship game, but he might come back for this game. And I don't know if y'all saw, but Kadarius Tony said Kansas City is lying about his injuries. I believe it. Anthony says odds on Yushik and James are fun. I agree. I think they're both currently sitting in the about plus nine hundred to plus one thousand range. Scrap Iron says my money is on Pacheco to step up. If Pacheco starts running wild on this 49ers defense. Kansas City's winning this game just straight up. If if Pacheco has a huge first half, Kansas City has won this game because <laughs> if if Pacheco is running on the great 49ers run defense and the 49ers have to worry about Patrick Mahomes against their secondary, it, Patrick Mahomes has himself another Super Bowl. Uh this the San Francisco secondary is just not good. I'm going to warn you about this. Ladies and gentlemen, Drop any final takes you have because we're coming towards the close of this show. Who do you think wins? I haven't made my final decision about this. 
If you aren't familiar with my content specifically, you can find me at Ahan Rungta on Twitter. I post a lot of betting content, but I also just talk sports in general. I'm a perennial Twitter user. Um, Toronto Dave says, great show. I love you too, Toronto Dave. You're the man. Anthony says, smash the like for Ahan. I love you too, Anthony. Appreciate all the support. If you want more player profiler content from me, you can get it uh, with my betting content at playerprofiler.com slash articles. And uh, I run a show with Trevor Tipton at FFC later for the Player Profiler Network called the Pick'em Power Hour, Fridays at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, where we come up with pick'em entries on the underdog fantasy board. You can tell us using promo code UNDERWORLD. Um, and you could join us for the last show of the season, the Super Bowl show where we're putting in our final entries with me and Trevor Tipton. Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Anthony says, great, Phil. Jamie says, awesome job filling in. I appreciate all of you, and I appreciate you for fill, uh, for for hopping in the Wake and Take show this morning. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Tune back into the Wake and Take show tomorrow. I forget who's subbing in tomorrow, but it's going to be someone. We'll be back here. We'll preview, we'll preview the Super Bowl some more. But for now, I'm out.